How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you? Doing okay. I uh, I, I did not watch the game live. I had stuff going on tonight. Um, I caught the very end of the game live and then rewatched just now on DVR. So I watched it in a weird in a weird order, knowing how it would end um, <laughs> here the <laughs> the DVR part, but. Um, Man, Chris Middleton, right? Chris Middleton. I I I don't I don't know. Should we start with Chris? I mean, Giannis yeah, scores thirty three tonight, but um, the Bucks beat the Nets. Uh, one twenty nine, very... one twenty five. They gave up forty three points in the fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> not not very convincingly against a team that what had lost. Did I see the stat right? They'd lost like fifteen straight at home or something insane like that. Thirteen overall. That sounds right. I mean, they've won is, one of their last twenty-five games, so yeah, that, that would this happen. is uh, this ain't a good basketball team they play tonight. Um, but um, you know, and the Bucks were controlling it for large stretches. I would say the Nets came back at the end of the first half a bit. The Bucks extended their lead, and the Bucks kind of couldn't uh, put put them away in the fourth quarter uh, and had. I guess some, I don't know, I, I even though I watched the end live, I, I don't know if it was really, I, I never was that nervous, even though it was one possession a few times. Um, but, you know, Chris Middleton hit some big free throws, hit a, hit a big runner. Uh, Giannis had a couple of big buckets late, and um, the Bucks come away with their third straight win. And um, I, Chris Middleton, 20 points, 7 assists in 26 minutes, no uh, one turnover. Um <laughs> You know, that's still, I, I, that, Frank. That's that's stupid. Like, yeah, that that's stupid. In twenty six minutes, he scores twenty points, gets seven assists, three steals, three rebounds. Again, totally understand the Nets' caveats, and they're totally necessary. But you shouldn't do that. <laughs> they, they, you shouldn't be able to do that that quickly off that injury. There, there are moments on, and I don't even know if it's moments. Offensively, he looks pretty damn close to what he was like there's a little bit of explosion that's not quite there yet um but man with a lot of these moves he looks pretty much like he he's looked and i mean i i've wrote i don't know thousands of words on his playmaking um and trying to convince people that hey chris is getting pretty good at this last year and man he is i don't want to say he's improved as a playmaker but he it, it's just it's a nice reminder to remember just kind of as a as a second scorer as a guy next to Giannis that he can both score and play make and man it, it's it's pretty cool to see him back already yeah and you know really these last two games are are really Middleton's kind of first real action of the season he came back um obviously middle of last week against the heat um but you look at 
what he's done, and now you look at what Greg Monroe's done the last two games, back-to-back 25-point nights from Greg Monroe, uh, 25-8, three assists, two steals tonight, 12 out of 16. He was 12 out of 15 uh, against Detroit. And, you know, again, uh, every game it's, it's two or three bounce passes, you know, right in, in Greg Monroe's wheelhouse. Uh, and, and as much as Greg Monroe is liable to miss layups, uh, Chris Middleton's making it easy on him in, in a lot of these second unit minutes. And um, I think it's a great thing for Greg. And I think also, you know, we saw some Giannis and uh, Middleton minutes tonight. And Chris had a really nice lefty baseline feed uh, coming from the left side. Found Giannis cutting uh, from the right the the corner quarter, yeah. uh, for a dunk at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and and so I, I think we're seeing just you know again some some very nice reminders of of the dynamic ability of Chris Middleton, and we don't think of him as dynamic because he's not you know a guy who dunks a lot. He's he's not <laughs> twenty one like Jabari and and whatever. We don't think of him that way. But um, when you look at his ability again to to get buckets off the dribble. You know, pull up, hit mid rangers, hit threes. We haven't seen that many threes yet. Only one out of one tonight. Um, and then that playmaking off the dribble and pick and rolls and you know bounce passes, finding cutters, things like that. Uh, that just gives the Bucks such a, a valuable boost, uh, especially obviously with Jabari being hurt. And it, it was funny too. It, some of the things that we were talking about before Chris came back are kind of happening because I just remember those sequences with Giannis where there was times where Giannis would have the ball in the middle of the floor, which, which he normally does, and then in the Bucks offense this year, you have kind of that guy coming off the wing for a curling action. And a lot of time it's been Tony Snell or Jason Terry, and they just kind of, just kind of run through and it's good to have off ball movement and kind of make, occupy the defenders in a different way. But with Middleton, it's a curl and Giannis can deliver the pass right at, at the top of that curl. And then all of a sudden Middleton's in a dangerous area, Chris Middleton wide open from 16 feet, two points most of the time um and then if you step up then all of a sudden you have that nice little pocket pass and he found and he found monroe for that in the fourth quarter and yeah i i really i mean i'm obviously a middleton guy one someone who's kind of always stood up for how good middleton is and kind of tried to i don't know drum up support for for how good he is and yeah, the, this game and the last game were kind of examples of, oh, yeah, Chris Middleton's really damn good. Um, and, again, three steals from Middleton, and I don't know, there's probably another one or two that went through his hands again. And uh, the I, I guess for all of the – for all the talk of the scheme is, is bad, and it is, but when you're thinking about why the Bucks continue to stay with it, I, I think when you see the nights where, again, Nets caveats, got it, where Giannis has four steals, Middleton has three steals, you you kind of get the idea that, oh, this is what they were looking for. They were looking for to put a lot of pressure on, try to create these turnovers and give Giannis and Jabari, and obviously Jabari's not uh, playing anymore, but his hurt right now, but to give those young guys easy opportunities. And uh, tonight you could, you could kind of see that And the fast break points, 27 to 14 uh, for the bucks tonight, 17 points off of turnovers. And uh, they just kind of got out and made some things happen. So um, I don't know. It, it's, excuse me, 24 points off of 17 nuts turnovers. Sorry. got those mixed up there, but yeah, you can, you can kind of see the reasoning there and, 
Yeah, Middleton's back, and that's cool. Defensively, he's not, but offensively, he's back, and I'm just ecstatic about it. Yeah, well, let's talk about the downside defensively. Uh, they gave up 125 points, a defensive rating of 120. Um, so, again, pace maybe made it look a, a little bit worse than it actually was, but, I mean, 120 defensive rating is, is bad, <laughs> right? The Bucks are uh, shade under. Or they're around 109 on the season, which is bad, uh, you know, 21st in the league, I think, coming into tonight. So uh, not a, a lot to take away from this one. I, th- I think just you know, wait a, a second. Like the Nets, as much as they – yeah, forty-three points in the fourth quarter, though. I think our friend Canada Bucks tweeted out that their defensive rating in the fourth was like one hundred fifty-four or one hundred fifty-seven. I apologize if I got that wrong, but the first three quarters of like thirty-three wasn't great in the first quarter, but twenty-seven and then twenty-two in the second and third, like there was a good defensive game to be had there, and they just couldn't handle their business in the fourth quarter or, or did you think it was bad throughout well it just it was a high variance game throughout right and yeah. the nets i think the stat i heard was that they lead the league in drives they shoot you know they're one of the leaders in three-pointers attempted um which watching that they makes obviously turned it over a, a, yeah they turned it over a lot tonight there were a lot of live i mean what was it were there how many steals did the bucks have like uh, Bucks was had 16, 16 steals. Ste- they had yeah. 16 steals. Yeah, which is crazy. So 16 out of 17 turnovers were steals. I mean, yeah. that's crazy because yeah. those are all live ball, which is how you get 27 points um, uh, in fast break. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, obviously the, the Nets made a lot of mistakes that turned into points for the Bucks, But by the same token, uh, the Nets like to drive a lot. The Bucks, obviously, you know, we've talked a million times, the Bucks send lots of help they they scramble um and the nets are very good at setting up and and spotting up on the outside uh, for threes they have a guy in brooke lopez who's a center who does that he's obviously kind of the big uh x factor in this i mean he was six out of ten they were 14 out of 36 as a team so he basically did you know almost half the damage by himself in terms of the makes <laughs> um and he got it going early and you know and it was kind of from from all over the court the bucks kind of lost him on switches or you know didn't help back on him and whatever it was you know he was just obviously a guy that that was open all night long and that's you know to his credit that's a dimension of his game that he's added and he also did other things right he was 12 out of 20 overall 36 points um he gave the bucks problems all night thon struggled with him um when he was on the court and you know not not shocking um but it was just a weird game, right? Because, again, the Nets like to drive. The Bucks like to help on drives. The Nets like to spot up for threes. Uh, and when the Bucks help, that means, you know, again, they're scrambling to try to cover out and, and close out on threes. And, you know, there were a lot of possessions where it was, you know, drive, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's the way the Bucks play. I mean, that, that's going to wear you down. I think that's also why, you know, a team like the Nets plays like that. They, they want that high volatility, you know, high three-pointer type game because they're just not that good. But, you know, hey. Uh, a night like tonight, a couple guys get hot. Joe Harris, four out of six. Brooke Lopez, six out of ten. Uh, you give yourself that that puncher's chance just because uh, you're shooting a shot that you know is worth three points rather than two. One thing I've been kind of thinking about lately is so the Bucks struggle mightily against the Nets, um, and, and I would say I think that's probably the case throughout. But the well, they they haven't lost to them. Yeah, I mean they've they've swept no, them though, right? But yeah, I yeah. guess they they played them tighter than you'd hope. Correct. And the you lose to the Embiidless Sixers, and and part of me starts to kind of think about stuff um, as far as the defensive scheme goes. And we always talk about how much they help and how much they overload. And it's funny to think that 
that defensive scheme is particularly vulnerable to crappy teams that don't have like a star that that can do things because it's just all right we got five dudes and these five dudes are going to try to do as much as they can and some of them might attack this time and shoot a three another time and there there's just a a bunch of just unpredictable players on the floor and they they all move and they all make sure to drive and they all just keep there's just constant movement and with the bucks and their defensive scheme like overloading against that just screws you like you don't have a chance because there's nothing to overload on there, there's not a guy to focus on when you're playing the cleveland cavaliers okay let's overload when lebron touches the ball or let's overload when Kyrie touches the ball and you can kind of try to game plan for that a little bit but when it's a it's a crummy team that just has five guys uh, on the floor you can't really you can't really overload you can't load up on a, a particular player and it's just chaos for this buck scheme yeah and i mean unfortunately it's a story we've we've seen many times and you know again the the pistons game where they allow only 89 points that's that's been by far the exception to to the rule of you know 100 points and um a lot of uh, corner threes which is what we've seen for certainly the past six weeks two months almost yeah. um but the bucks head into the all-star break now winners of three in a row they're uh, two wins back, even on losses, I believe, with the Pistons, who are eighth. Um, so they, you know, I, I definitely feel, I mean, obviously they won three in a row. I feel better about them right now than I did after the, the Lakers game last Friday. Um, and I think, the, you know, again, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Middleton on this podcast. I think it really starts with Middleton because, uh, again, you know, are they going to turn around defensively and become a good defensive team? No, I don't think so. Um, but offensively, They've been scoring at a high rate now for most of the season. Uh, and as much as you've lost Jabari Parker, I think you know Chris Middleton, if he's going to be this kind of player, uh, a guy who makes plays, is going to you know hopefully start stretching the floor more, uh, can create off the dribble, make other guys better. Uh, and look, Michael Beasley was another efficient night tonight from him. Uh, and obviously we know what Giannis can do. So as these other kind of role players continue to, to do things, you know, we've seen Thon. Um, provide shots on the arm uh, with his floor stretching as well Um, this is a team that offensively I mean I don't know maybe they can just sort of outscore teams enough to 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 snag you know the eight seed or something or heck the bulls are seventh right the bulls suck (laughs) as well right so um so I don't know it's kind of interesting I'm sure we'll talk a lot of it a lot more about it in the next week because obviously we've got uh, we got plenty of time to to kill here as we head into the all-star break but um you know I'm I, I guess main thing Happy for Giannis. There seemed to be a lot of Giannis fans in the house tonight in Brooklyn on the on the TV broadcast, which was cool. And uh, Giannis going to the All Star, probably feeling a lot better uh, with three straight wins, and um, you know, feeling like he's back in the middle of that uh, that playoff chase. Yeah, it was kind of neat the Greek Heritage Night at at uh, at the Barclays Center, which is nice for Giannis. I I, I mean, obviously they planned it that way, but it, it was just. I didn't even know that there was going to be a, a Greek heritage night. And it was kind of cool after the game to uh, see some of the tweets that or some of the pictures that got tweeted out. There was pictures of Giannis with, I don't even know, like 400 kids on the floor uh, with a Greek flag. And uh, it, it did kind of seem like you said, like a cool atmosphere for him. And I mean, it, it's funny that 
again, 33 points, nine rebounds, three assists, four steals, a block. And yeah, you know, it's just a night for Giannis. And uh, I, I guess you, you see the free throws, seven of 10, that's a good thing. And man, the the last shot that I think he, not the... Not the last shot, the second last shot that he hit. Not the the tip in that he got on Middleton's uh, trip on the Tough Shot Express. Uh, the one that he got before that, where they run the elbow pick and roll, uh, elbow get with Monroe. He gets switched on. Uh, Lopez gets switched onto him, and then he he hits that little pull up jumper, and that's a that's a shot that he's been going to. He's been struggling with a little bit, and it, it was just nice to see him hit that shot and I, I would assume technically it was probably clutch time because it, the margin was probably five at that point or it might have been three at that point and that made it five but that was a shot that it, it was good to see him hit uh, just because you kind of felt like all right he's had a good game now let's get a few plays here in crunch time and really seal this and make this a good final game going into the all-star game and and that's kind of exactly what we got you got the you got the hustle play where he gets the tip in on the middleton miss and the play before it he gets a play that shows off his skills and shows off uh that improved stroke and kind of what he's been working on with the pull-ups and yeah that that's a that's a nice tidy Giannis evening uh 33 points nine rebounds three assists four steals and a block um yeah i can handle that yeah, I mean, it's funny, we, you know, uh, you know how accustomed we've come to Giannis putting up numbers like this. Um, but uh, obviously, this this was kind of just a force of nature night for Giannis. I think, you know, it just he was just it, this wasn't like a great performance from him. Um, Correct. But again, he was just the Nets' defense is bad, and he was just too active. His teammates got him involved. He was getting out on the break, uh, and you know, again, the the, the Nets just, you know. I mean, they're they're a normal uh, basketball team full of mortal humans, uh, and that those those types of people can't defend Giannis. So, so Giannis was obviously, uh, I think, aggressive, looking for a shot. You know, nine shots each of the last two games tonight. He gets twenty five, hits thirteen, um, four out of six in the fourth quarter. Scored eight points. Uh, we mentioned that kind of sidestep jumper when he was isoed against Lopez. Also had a, a big kind of tip in um on a on a middleton shot that that was well short and you know again um we've talked a lot about the bucks crunch time struggles uh tonight we saw them you know again maybe not convincingly against a bad team but um but again you know they they got it they got ultimately they got they they got took care of business in a sucks to lose game and it would have sucked mightily to lose this game and <laughs> um instead they'll go into the break and I have to mention I was watching uh, the game. I was watching the, the end of the game with uh, with some some people here in Austin who uh, like NBA people, like big NBA fans, group of guys. And um, you know, someone made a joke about you know how how you can tell uh, some some teams some games right for the All Star break. You know, people are kind of ready to to go on vacation and maybe you know just don't have their mind on the game. And you always have to watch out for the guys who who just got haircuts right before they go on vacation. You got to look out for those guys. <laughs> And I, I hadn't been thinking about that. And I was watching the Bucks game. I was like, oh, Delhi definitely got a haircut. Chris, looks like he got a haircut. <laughs> but uh, both guys actually, I mean, obviously Middleton was great. Um, but D- Delhi as well. He, um, they, did you, you notice they, they ran kind of, I, I didn't really recognize that before. It was like a, 
instead of just sort of a normal pick and roll, they had Giannis and Monroe kind of at the left sort of elbow wing extended with Delhi in, in late in the game. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that kind of like thing that uh, Giannis kind of set a screen and um, eventually turned into a Delhi pick and roll with Monroe. And he got Monroe a couple times on pick and rolls uh, in this game, including that one late, um, which was encouraging to see because obviously Delhi has had his share of problems um in late game situations and and you know teams kind of just forcing him to to shoot but um yeah i guess yeah again, i was gonna not say really an, not really necessarily an impressive win but you know a win and it was entertaining at least and we saw good things from you know the guys that mattered most thon hit another three so not a huge game from thon but but at least he did hit another three. His his three point percentage, I think, is back up close to fifty percent. Hey, you take that win in an S two L. It was an S two L tonight, and and they got the win. So that's really what matters. But yeah, Adeli, there's a couple uh, nerve wracking, maybe would be a hold your breath passes that he made, um, and he got Monroe, I think, twice. Um, so two of those five assists were to Monroe on kind of passes where, oh man. Uh, <laughs> That, that made me a little bit uncomfortable, but he was able to sneak him in there and uh, got Monroe some easy looks. And, yeah, it was, I mean, a, a, a win. Let's say that. I'm not going to say a nice win. It's it's a win. Uh, like you said, Thon plays just 14 minutes. And, yeah, it was it definitely struggled with, with Lopez. And it wasn't necessarily on the block, and, you would, and that's kind of where you would think it would be because Lopez is so big. Um, but, yeah, Maker, I, I mean, they kind of used his energy against him where he was all over the place and then all of a sudden Brooke Lopez would be open for a three. Um, only other thing I think I would mention. By the is- way, on by the way, on, on Thon, I should note, um, I tweeted this. I didn't, didn't mention it. I tweeted it during the game on Monday. Uh, I just tweeted Thon is an awful passer because he had like, I think about like three situations where he tried to make a pass that was, I think one of them was just like airmailed out. Oh, Another one was ones. like cross court, which was just like easily picked off. Another one just like looked like he had just no passing touch. Um, and that's kind of one of those things that we, you know, we really haven't seen. I don't think he had a single assist in summer league either. Um, that's an area where he has not really shown a lot of uh, obvious skill. But early in this game, he working from the the kind of elbow extended, uh, you know, where they're normally giving the big man, and then he's kind of looking for guys for handoffs, things like that. Uh, I think it was was it Tony Snell. He yeah, he threw Tony a nice Snell bounce cut in front pass. Of him. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, and there were there were a number of nice cuts tonight, which probably speaks as much to the Nets defense as the Bucks offense. <laughs> but um, shout out to Thon for for having a nice assist tonight. I wish that on the like lockdown Bucks feed, like however it be like you could get this MP3 version, and then there would just be a ticker that goes across that says like, "Yes, we know the Bucks played the Nets." Yes, we know the Bucks played the Nets because I feel like that's necessary for anything we say tonight. But still, you, you have to kind of make your observations and break down the game. But just know that, yeah, we're aware they played the Nets. Um, but uh, 18 minutes for Rashad Vaughn. And I'm I'm not 100% sure what's going on at this point. I don't know if, if a wall has been broken through where Vaughn is now going to take Jets minutes more regularly maybe we get back into that kind of every other thing that went on for five or six games at uh, I don't even know what was that like the second or third week of the season um, so I guess we'll see if it's there but um, there there was a couple of sequences for Rashad one the mind-blowing left-handed pass in transition to Greg Monroe 
which good god uh, that i don't even the fact that he made that pass i didn't know that he could make make a pass like that so he he makes that pass he had another pass that he threw over the top to uh thon maker that maybe should have been an alley-oop but i don't know if thon finishes alley-oops with regularity quite yet or has the confidence or knew that an alley-oop was coming had another pass there uh then he hit a three and made a couple nice defensive plays again and i I don't know to me it kind of feels like we're getting to that point aren't we like he's he's your first round pick you you do at some point need to figure out what you have with him and the guy you'd be playing over him is jason terry which i I get the the leadership um when i've questioned it jason has been has been sure to tell me that jet brings a lot to the team and i think you can see those contributions when you see him talk to guys and kind of walk guys through plays and stuff but i do think maybe he could do some of that from the bench maybe he can do some of that on the practice court and i think at some point you you gotta give vaughn those minutes every night don't you we'll see i mean i think he 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 has to be in the mix right and we've seen jason kid obviously has not been afraid to um you know have guys on maybe not in every night rotation but uh we've seen it with Toledovic and Beasley earlier in the season when Jabari was was healthy and uh you know oftentimes only one of them would play significant minutes on a given night um but you know again he never really tried to bury anybody too deep uh and with Vaughn obviously he was buried and that did not speak well of him because you know basically it was Tony Snell and Jason Terry playing ahead of him at the shooting guard spot and I think both those guys did enough to to justify that but uh, but yeah, I think you're now in this position. I mean, you're going to have to make a decision uh, at the end sort of, of of this summer heading into training camp about whether you pick up uh, Vaughn's fourth year option. Um, they've already picked up his third year option, so that'll be next year. Um, but again, you know, they waited <laughs> kind of until the last minute to do that. Uh, perhaps you know so they had some more trade flexibility if you trade if you if you picked it up and then you trade him, you know, maybe the team that gets him doesn't want that. Um so anyway, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think I would certainly hope that we see Rashad Vaughn in summer league again. Normally, going into your third year, a lot of, most guys don't play uh, who are first former first round picks. But I think Rashad Vaughn probably should play. <laughs> he he's got a lot to prove, and um, you know, again, I think uh, if you can get him minutes now, and uh, he can obviously not hurt you on the court, that's that's obviously sort of the first step. And and I think these past couple of games. Yeah, he's been okay. He's been fine, See, uh, especially I, defensively. I don't even know if I want him to go to summer league, just because that's. I always feel like those are the. Those are the moments where obviously he can put up some points and do some things, but I feel like those are the moments where he plays a role most unlike any role that I would ever want to see him play if that makes any sense. Like he has the ball a lot. He's got high usage. He's taking a bunch of shots. Like I don't, I have no interest in that Rashad Vaughn. I don't want but that he doesn't, guy. He, he just doesn't look like he can do anything offensively most of the time when he's, when he's during the regular season. Right. I mean, like if he's open, he'll shoot a three, but like when he has the ball, I, I just, for the most part, I just have no sense that he's going to be able to put it on the deck, that he's going to be able to make a nice pass. I mean, I, you know, again, we'll, we'll occasionally see stuff, but I, I just like look at him. I'm just like, I don't like this guy. He's like came into the league, supposedly an offensive player. And it's yeah. just like, I don't know if he can do anything. I would be fascinated to know what they did with Tony Snell because Tony Snell, like 
now sh- like his three point rate is higher this year. He seems to be shooting with a lot more confidence. Like whatever they did with Tony Snell, give the exact same instructions and responsibilities to Rashad Vaughn. Like that's that's what you want. For, isn't that is or at least that's what I think I want out of Rashad Vaughn. Like I want him to be a guy that hits corner threes and hits wing threes and plays solid defense and literally never puts it on the deck. Like I don't ever need to see that. Just chuck threes and let's get your three point rate like way up. Like there should never be a time where eh, I don't know if I want to shoot this three. I want to shoot this three anytime I'm open. Right? Like isn't that the Rashad Vaughn you want? Yeah, and I mean to to Vaughn's credit, I mean he has I think the second highest three point rate on the team in terms of shots per minute, threes yeah. per minute. He's at seven point two per thirty six. Snell's at five point five. We talked about Teletic that being at ten. <laughs> um now the, the the big difference offensively between Tony Snell and Rashad Vaughn is that um you know, neither guy shoots I mean, Tony Snell only averages two point six two pointers attempted per 36 mm-hmm. Vaughn averages basically double that the difference is Tony Snell shooting 57% on those twos and Rashad's shooting 37% okay so um so it, it, it's tough and and I mean neither guy is obviously a playmaker um and that's you know okay uh, I think with Vaughn that's a bit more you know disconcerting because he hasn't um proven the ability to to you know be that just sort of three and d kind of guy consistently um but i think with rashad you know it's i don't know i mean it's tough because i think i remember first summer league he he looked like he could kind of run a little bit of pick and roll like a little side pick and roll thing and not you know make bad decisions and we just haven't really seen much of any development there and so uh, i don't know but, i mean it's, it's I tough I, but but i i again i i, I want to see him in vegas because i think he needs all the reps he can get to be honest you know, yeah, but I don't know. It he he just fascinate. I guess it's because of Tony Snell's turnaround, success, whatever you want to call it. Like everything you heard from Bucks or from Bulls people was, well, Tony Snell like isn't very confident, and when he goes inside, uh, inside the lane and inside the three point line, like he doesn't really shoot that very well. And like last year, what was it, thirty eight percent from two for Tony Snell? Um, like, yeah, he's, he's historically been bad from two, like he's been bad from two. So there, there aren't, I mean, obviously Tony Snell has like a wingspan advantage, but I don't think it's a, it's significant. Like Vaughn is pretty long. Uh, like from the moment we've argued about Rashad Vaughn from draft day, I always said, well, I don't want to necessarily say this kid is going to have to be Nick young and jack up shots. Like why can't he be a guy that hits corner threes and plays defense? And you see Tony Snell this year get more minutes and do those things. And I guess, I mean, obviously that's a terribly low bar to set for your first round pick. But at this point, if he could become Tony Snell, that'd be awesome. Um, so I don't know that we kind of, yeah. we kind of got into a conversation I wasn't really expecting well, to get into, but well, I but I think it's a good thing to highlight, though, right? Because you know you look at where Tony Snell was the past couple of years um, with the Bulls, or really all of his entire career in Chicago. Um, and again, it's kind of similar. I think there are a lot of similarities with Fun because both guys were kind of mid to late first round picks. Um, you know, Snell, I forget all the guys he was taken ahead of, but you know, it just seems like Bulls fans always held that against Snell. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we picked you over whoever. I'm forgetting who the guys were that they picked him over. Um, but you know, again, everybody gets everybody gets bitter about that. Nobody, you know, everybody's always ticked off about that. But I think he he was the 2013 draft, I guess, right? He was in the Giannis draft, I think, because this is his what fourth season. 
Um, yep, 20th pick I, of the 2013 draft. Yeah, so I think he was picked ahead of Gobert, which is an obvious one. It's like, well, okay, you know, 20-some teams <laughs> passed on Gobert. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that guys can start over for a long time, and who knows, right? Maybe Tony Snell has his contract year, and then he kind of reverts back. Um, but with Vaughn especially, I mean, this is the hard part. The guy's so young mm-hmm. um, that, and this is this is what the Bucks have to decide, is, you know, does he have sort of the base skill set, physical tools, and is he, you know, between the years and and work wise, uh, a guy who's you know you can trust to kind of keep putting in the effort, um, be a good teammate, um, you know, be mature, be a professional, and grow. And and again, you know, he's going to turn what twenty. He's still he's still twenty, right? Yeah, he's going to turn <laughs> yeah. twenty one next next August, I think. Um, so you know he's still four. He's still more than four years away from being where Tony Snell is now, age wise. Yeah. So it, it's, but it's kind of those things, right? I mean, uh, I think it all just sort of depends on. Uh, I think circumstance matters a lot here because, you know, has he shown elite skills that you're going to really wait on and and you're going to really take a chance on? You know, again, I think he hasn't shown enough on either end. He hasn't shown that he can be elite at anything. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just kind of hard because if you've got Tony Snell that you want to keep because he's proven he can play and you've got Chris Middleton around and you've got, um, you know, uh, potentially Middleton, you know, again, with Jabari being out for an extended period, you, you know, I think you do want that obviously another shooting guard because Middleton's playing a lot of small forward um, and maybe that ultimately is his best position. Uh, so maybe Vaughn has, has more of a chance there. But um, but it will be interesting. I think the summer will be interesting. You know, I imagine Jet won't be back given his age. Um, maybe as a coach or something. Um, but it'll be interesting because obviously Vaughn will be under contract next year. So um, does Vaughn? You know, is is Vaughn the backup shooting guard slash sharing that time with Middleton, who who maybe he starts a small forward in a revised lineup without Jabari? Um, maybe 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 he graduates that role, but. Uh, again, if the Bucks have better options, you know Vaughn isn't the kind of guy you wait around forever on either. Yeah, I don't know. He he just it fascinates me. And, and like I said, may, I don't think I was quite as fascinated um, until I, I've seen Tony Snell do this. Like, but it, it's it's remarkable um, to to see that change he's made. So maybe Rashad Vaughn has that in him. I cannot believe we just talked about Rashad Vaughn for this long. Um, I was not at all thinking we were going to do that, but you know what? That that kind of happens. We'll have we'll have two we'll have two podcasts next week solely devoted to Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> I'm sure Can we have all this time on our hands. This is true. Uh, ten day no, just wait nine days until another game or eight days, I guess, by the time this gets released. Um, but before that time, the trade deadline will uh, come and go. Uh, so there's going to be a bunch of stuff to talk about. I'm sure we'll do a mailbag at some point. Um, we'll recap All Star Weekend. We'll we'll have we'll have enough to get us through this, Frank. Um, I, I, we never. I mean, we said we were going to do a quick one, and we're, we've gone almost 35 minutes. So uh, it's not really possible for us not to have something to talk about but uh the bucks win tonight 129 125 in an s2l um it it does not suck to win i will say that um it doesn't feel great because it was 129 125 but still a win's a win and the bucks escape uh to the all-star break with three game uh with a three game winning streak so that is that that was frank madden i'm eric name this has been lockdown bucks we will talk to you tomorrow 
you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.